I'm at Home Goods the other day because I needed a basket for dog toys. And uh, I ran into Kathy Tatum's mom. And we were talking about our daughters having just gotten driver's license, which is so nerve wracking. And we were talking about how hard it was to teach them to drive and everything we're going through in their process of learning to drive and being independent and breaking rules and pushing boundaries. And I said, we should podcast about this because there are so many people who are either doing this now or just finished this or will be doing this in the future. So I think we had a pretty good chat about teaching our girls to drive, about going to the DMV and getting tests uh, and failing the test and about what they're driving and what boundaries they're pushing and what they're trying to get away with. And she has this great idea that she's going to do a driving contract with Tatum. So the rules are in black and white and she ever breaks the rules. She knows the consequence because it's in black and white. I think that's brilliant. We talked about, you know, my dad came and taught my Girl Scout troop um, a lot about cars and how valuable that was and how I think, I think everybody should do that with their kids. But um, I thought it was a good, a good chat about teaching a teenager how to drive. Uh, my hair is way grayer, as you can see in my roots, way grayer from teaching this 16-year-old who knows everything. Um, but it was good to talk to someone else who had the same experience because it is a shared experience. Everybody has a hard time teaching their teenager how to drive. That's nothing, nothing special. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I've had so many people ask me about books on my website that I now think my website is confusing. So I'm going to try to rework my website. But the book I mentioned on Two Bears, One Cave is on the Food for Thought tab. Strong at the Broken Places, which I mentioned in one of my episodes, is in the Food for Thought tab and the Links to Great Things tab. I've gotten several emails for those two books in the past week. So they are on my website. They are on, They were not book club books. I have a tab for book club books. Neither of those books were book club books. So they're either in Food for Thought or Links to Great Things. Either one. Okay? So I'm sorry that that was hard for people to find. Um, so I think I may rework my website in all my spare time, which I have none, but <laughs> I'll try to make it a little easier. Thank you for um, coming back every week and listening to our conversations. Thank you for all the compliments. I have so many people who are saying, I look forward to this every week because I feel like your friends are my friends. And that was what I wanted when I started the podcast. I have so many good friends that are real, genuine, kind, caring intelligent, just good people. And I think that everybody needs to know that people like that are out that are out there for you too in your neighborhood. You just have to find them and finding them is the hard part. But um, thank you for everybody who keeps emailing and saying how much they enjoy Wife of the Party. I really enjoy Wife of the Party too. So let's keep partying. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode about uh, driving, teaching a 16-year-old to drive with Kathy. It was really fun. And um, until next week, enjoy. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. I'm okay. Something I need Well, I got a brand new
talking about today? Are we talking about one of the most stressful things that I've been through in a long time? How about you? I think that it probably ranks right up there uh-huh. as one of the most stressful things. Yeah. It is definitely way more stressful than I ever thought it would be. I thought, oh my God, this will be so fun. Not so much. No. no. So what are we talking about, Kathy? Our team drivers. Oh my God. Our teen drivers, teaching them to drive. So was Derek very involved in teaching her to drive? Um, no, just because he doesn't drive with them very, I mean, cause I'm usually the one driving everywhere. So yeah. it was always like, Oh, can I drive? And oh, so God. it was more so me, but he did, he did help out a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, and we definitely have different modes of teaching. That's for sure. Different styles. Mm-hmm. Different well, styles. I want to talk about that, but before we get into that, Georgia got her license a week ago, when did Tatum get her license? Her driver's license, not her learner's permit. Um, she got her learner's permit. I think it was, it's been almost a month. Okay, so, so almost a month. Almost a month. So I about the three, same time. Three weeks ago. Okay, so they're uh, pretty much the same time. Um, so in California, I don't know if this is a national law, but in California, they can get their learner's permit when they're 15 and a half. Right. And then they get their driver's license when they're 16. But obviously, if you, you have to have your learner's permit for six full months. So if you get it at 15 and three quarters, then it's six months after that. So they drive right. for six months with a parent or an adult or an instructor. Um, in California, we have, the kids have to have six hours minimum of professional driving school, which is with a certified driving school. And that certificate has to be turned in for them to be able to get their driver's license. So they do have to have some professional schooling, which I thought was great. What did you think about that? Um, the, the requirement, I thought yeah. the requirement was great. Mm-hmm. Um, our experience with the professional mm-hmm. was not so great. <laughs> Same. Georgie came home one day and goes, okay, I think my driving instructor is a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's not good. <laughs> she said, because he kept looking at people's cars and then you go, you see that car? That's a jalapeno car. That's a jalapeno car. You see that car? It's a fried chicken car. And I was what? like, oh my God, he was racially profiling the cars. That's terrible. <laughs> that's so bad. What are you talking about driving at all? <laughs> racially profiling with food. With food, right? Right. I guess that was his workaround. I'm not going to say that's a Mexican car. I'm going to say that's a jalapeno car. It was. It, oh my gosh, that's horrible. How crazy is that? So our experience was, I won't name the company, but our experience was not not the greatest either. No. <laughs> he was never threatened by him or felt uncomfortable with him. She just felt uncomfortable with the things he would talk about. So, Did she have the same instructor every time? Yes, she did. See, that was our problem. We, um, the company that um, we went with, which I shall remain nameless because we're not too happy about them. Um, I think they just overbooked themselves. Mm-hmm. So they never had any appointments available for her. Mm-hmm. And so she did an appointment with one person and then they're like, oh, oh, they're leaving the country for a few months. But here, you can use this other person. And so she must have had three different instructors. Huh. 
And I will say by the third lesson, she was like, this is such a waste of time and money. They are not teaching me anything. She, well, I mean, she kind of thought she knew it all anyways, but. <laughs> Don't they all? Um, we paid actually for the, the bigger package. I think it was 10 hours. And then for them to also take her to DMV to, for her test and all of that. And we didn't end up using, I don't we, we got the six hours cause she got her certificate. But other than that, I don't think we used the rest of the hours. Right. That's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if, if you're sold a premium package, you'd like some premium to come with that. That stinks because there's such a learning curve, you know, from lesson to lesson for the instructor. That doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, I guess in theory, anybody could sit in a car with a, with a kid and teach them to drive. But in reality, wouldn't there be a lot of reteaching or relearning from the instructor of what this kid's, I mean, because my kid, I don't know about yours, my kid is a lead foot. Oh, she yeah. is like speed limit what? And constantly I'm like, watch your speed, watch your speed. So as soon as we get in the car together, I start watching her speed because I've learned her habits. Well, as an instructor, you learn their habits and then you can kind of shortcut. That sucks that she had somebody different. Yeah, it did suck because there was, there was like no progress. It was like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? And so she was basically leading the lesson. So she would say, okay, well, today I want to drive on the freeway or I'm going to go in the hills today. Huh. And yes, she is not afraid of the accelerator. Yeah, no, I know. I had to explain to Georgia. I was like, there's three modes of driving. Acceleration, braking, and coasting. You're really good at accelerating and braking. <laughs> you need a lot of work on the coasting. So if you see people braking ahead of you, you don't continue to accelerate. You don't necessarily have to brake, but you do have to take your foot off and just kind of assess. You can't just keep accelerating toward these people who have their brake lights on. You can't do that. She was like, huh, funny you say that. Papa Jay said the same thing to me when he rubbed me. I was like, yeah, because that's your problem. You don't ever <laughs> coast. Your foot is either pushing one pedal or the other at all times. And that's just not how it worked. And she literally was like, oh, I keep thinking, how are the, how is she so smart in school and didn't figure that one out after my dad told her, you know, she'd been driving in the pasture for right years. So uh, I, he told her clearly a long time ago. And she said, oh, interesting. <sighs> three modes, three modes. Okay. That's funny. That's a good way to explain it. See, I didn't, I couldn't explain it. I didn't explain it like that. I just kept telling her Look ahead of you. See what's coming. If they start braking, you just just start slowing down. So yeah. You don't have to slam on the brakes. Right, right. You just take right. your foot off everything. And you just go, what's happening? And then you can figure out. Do I accelerate? Maybe we'll go over that. Yeah. There's three modes. Three modes of driving. <laughs> That's what I'd said to her. Um, but um, so what was Derek good at teaching? What, 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 didn't you say you had some, you had difference in style? So what was his different? What was the difference? Um, well, first of all, when you get, when anyone gets in there, they're like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so nervous because, but she has driven in, in Mexico before, you know, on the dirt roads and doing all of that. So, um, she does not lack in confidence mm -hmm. when she got and to drive for the first time. Anyway, she already thought that she knew how to drive. Right. Like, 
like no surprise. Um, he, he was way more laid back than I was. She doesn't take criticism really well or not criticism, but correction. It's mm-hmm. like, slow down. Ugh, I'm going with traffic. Yeah. 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 Same, same, same. So he's, he's a little more laid back than, than, than I was, I think. It's hard. It's a hard thing to figure out the balance, right? When I know when, when she got her permit, literally we got in the car and I went, listen, I know you think you know everything, but this is a situation where you don't. You actually don't know anything. I know you've driven with Papa Jay on dirt roads, but LA is a completely different ball game. So I don't ever want to hear out of your mouth, I know, or I got this, or I'm doing it. Or don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it. The only thing you can do is listen and do what I tell you. I'm 50. I've been driving for a long time and you have never driven before. So that's not going to be the way this works. A learner's permit is called a learner's permit because you are learning. (laughs) I think that was my fundamental mistake that I didn't throw that out there at the beginning and be like, hey, listen. Just because I think it's the automatic 16-year-old response. I know. I got it. I got, you know. Yes. Exactly. And that was that was my mistake. I should have laid out the law. Now, Derek was very smart. He, um, he we were driving somewhere and he said, listen, if anyone in this car feels uncomfortable, that is not good. You need to drive where every person in this car feels comfortable that they are not nervous that you're going to, you know, sideswipe someone or that you're speeding or you're using the only two modes that, you know, the acceleration in the brake. <laughs> right. So he was, he was smart in saying that I was like, Oh, that's, that's a good way to look at it. I don't, I don't care if you're going to speed limit. If I'm uncomfortable, you need to adjust. That's really smart. That was a really good thing to say. Yeah. Um, he gets kudos to him. He does get kudos for that. I may use that now because suddenly now that we have our license, I'm getting the I know, I'm doing it. All the things that applied to the learner's permit. Now she's been like validated. Yes. And, you know, now she knows everything. And now we're having more struggles with driving than we ever had when she had her learner's permit. I think she really thinks she's got it. Well. Well, what? <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> I know, right? Right. That's right. awfully frustrating, isn't it? It's super frustrating. And, you know, we went out for a drive the other day and she invited me for a drive for, so number one, that was already a huge step. You know, she doesn't usually invite me to go anywhere with her, let alone for a drive. But so we went up on this particular windy road that she loves to drive on and it has a 30 mile an hour speed limit. And I was like, okay, I am just going to shut my mouth the entire trip because she's invited me and I don't want to blow it. Right. I can do it. No, I made it, I made it like 10 minutes and I was like, do you know what the speed limit is? Do you know that it's 30 and you're going 40 and it's rush hour and traffic's like this? I know, I know I'm fine. I'm fine. deep breath, right? Deep breath. Yeah. I mean, that being said, she is a good driver. Mm -hmm. George is a good driver too. Yeah. She's an overall really good driver, but there's, and you know, in all honesty, I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood. I would be really surprised if she had an accident. 
Um, I would be surprised because she is that good of a driver, but there's still parts where you go, you know, the accelerator brake thing is really something you got to figure out. I can't let you drive to school, uh, either accelerating or brake. I can't, I can't. It's, it's half an hour away on, on a major highway. You've got to figure that out. She's also started doing this thing now that she has her license. She didn't do this with her permit. Now she's pushing every single boundary that involved with driving. Every single boundary. You know, can I take Isla with me? No, it's not legal. It's not legal. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. I'm like, She's my sibling. Yeah, she's my sibling. People do that all the time. I'll just say I'm taking her to school. It's 8.30 on a Saturday night. You're not taking her to school. And school's not open. It's COVID. You can't lie your way. No. I'm a, I keep saying, I, I, my value system says, we as a society degree agreed, this is the law. Now, I actually don't agree with this particular law. I think you should be able to drive your sibling if it's okay your with sibling. your parents. Because it's your sibling. Yeah. A, a, a car full of friends is a different issue entirely. Then you're partying and you're distracted and whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe you would be with your sibling too, but it's a lot less likely. So I don't agree with it. But I do agree to live within the, the rules of this society. And if we all just picked and chose the rules we followed or the laws we followed, it would be anarchy. We, couldn't, we wouldn't have a society. It would be insane. So I can't just say, yeah, we're just going to ignore this law. We're just not right. Gonna. Then what am I telling you about all these other laws? Are you going to pick and choose which one you're going to follow then? I can't sign off on that. And that she is really having a hard time wrapping her head around that. Yeah, and it's for a year. And it's for a year. It's for a year. It's a long time. I agree. I mean, I, I think if there was one of the laws, that would definitely be the sibling law. And you know what makes it worse mm-hmm. is a ton of their friends are doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, a there is an exemption. I did wake up this morning and look through the DMV for exemptions. And I found one, the, the section where there are exemptions. And there are several listed. One of them is about siblings. And it says, with a written note from mm-hmm. your parent, for each day that you are driving, you can have your sibling. If your parent says, today, September 21st, 2020, Georgia Kreischer can drive her sister, Isla Kreischer, to high school. Here's my phone number. Call me if you need me. Here's and sign. Then you, you would just have to write a note every single day. That was my understanding of that exception. Also, another exception, that which if I read it correctly, is that a principal of a school can write that same note mm-hmm. so that they have those exceptions. And I was like, well, at least there's a way to kind of do it where school's concerned. But um, I, I, th- I think that I'd rather her have a learner's permit for a year and then be able to drive her sibling as soon as she Yeah, especially... Um, Especially, I mean, your school is a little bit further than ours. So I could definitely see how, I was like, forget it. I'll just, I'll just take him to school every day. And if we're both driving there, then we're both driving there. Right. Um, but I agree that, that that's the one law that I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. The exception should be the, the siblings. It should be. So I don't know. 
I mean, how do you feel about being so strict about it? Do you think that's a, why do you feel about being, because I feel like I'm being really strict. And well, especially because their friends are all doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, like everything with them, especially around driving, it's a slippery slope. If you give in once, it's going to be like, well, I got to take him to Jamba Juice last week. Why can't I just take him to, you know, I think it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is a slippery slope. I'm going to try and hold on to it for as long as I can until I really need it. Right. Until they're both stuck at school after practice or something and I can't make it. Right, right, right. That's a good plan. So we'll see. How did, did Bert um, teach George? Uh, More frustrating than Georgia was having Bert in the car with us. (laughs) He would refuse to teach her. He would refuse. He refused to ride in the front seat with her when she was driving because it is too anxiety producing for him. So he would sit behind me and teach her. And I would over the back seat over the back seat where he can't see the highway. He can't see what's going on. If I put my visor down because the sun, he loses his mind. I feel now claustrophobic. You have to put the visor up. I cannot see what she's doing. And I'm like, why don't you sit in the front seat and teach her? No, 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 no. I'm going to be too upset. This is too upsetting for me. But Georgia, watch out for that car. But Georgia, hold on. You stopped all the way. But Georgia, your speed. And I went so many times I had to say, you need to make a choice. Shut your mouth and sit in the back seat or sit in the front seat and teach her. The person in the passenger seat teaches the driver, period. Mm -hmm. That's it. So make a choice. Sit in the back seat and shut up because you can't have two people talking to you and you can't see the street. So, oh, it was so maddening. And he would try. He would try to keep it together. He would try so hard. And then he'd start teaching her from the back seat. And I'd go, I'd have to do it again. Make a choice. We'll pull over right now and I'll get in the back seat. And I'll keep my mouth totally shut. But if I'm sitting in the front seat, I'm the teacher. I'm not going to be fighting with you because you, he would tell her something and I would say, that's actually not accurate because he can't see what I'm seeing. So you go ahead and do what you were doing. Made me so frustrated. Now that Super she has, frustrating. Super frustrating. Now that she has her license, he totally rides in the front seat with her. It's the oh, most. really? Yes. It's very bizarre. I have to say very bizarre. When, whenever we go anywhere, Derek just automatically gets in the back seat. Now it's like he has his own personal Uber driver He'd get in the back seat <laughs> okay. and like not even say anything. On the other hand, I'd be like, honey, slow down. I'm fine. I was like, a little backup would be nice here. Can you like, he's like, he's like, Oh, I'm in the Uber. I'm doing my phone. Right, right. On. <laughs> paying no attention. He trusts you emphatically. <laughs> well, I don't know. It is a stress. It's a more stressful seat. And, yeah. and then we would get going and Tatum would like Drake to sit in the front seat. If um, we were all in the car together, she would want her brother in the front seat and the parents in the back. I was like, yeah, that's not happening yet. No, 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 no. Not quite yet. Not, not quite, quite yet. yet. That's what I keep saying to Georgia too. Georgia got her license and goes, can I go to Encino? Now for people who don't live here, that's like 20 minutes from our house. But you have to get on the 101, really, to get there on the big freeway. And I was like, no, I, when you got your license, I said, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to stay right around our house, right? Like this. And then we're going to go a little bigger. And then we're mm-hmm. going to go a little bigger by yourself, right? 
we've, she's been driving on all the major highways around our house with me because eventually that's what she's going to do. But by herself, I needed to be like right here and then we'll expand. And at some point you're going to be 30 minutes on the highway to go to high school when school's back open. Right. Baby steps expanding. Baby steps. The minute we get home, can I go to Encino? No. That's what I'm talking about with every single boundary. She's pushing, asking, asking, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? I'm like, girlfriend. Guess what T said the minute we got home from her driver's test? What? Can I go to Encino? No way. (laughs) No way. What's an Encino? Maybe that's what we should be asking. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It was was her girlfriend's house, which is fine. Um, We actually let her go. It was kind of like, okay, it's your birthday. Uh, type of thing. Yeah. It wasn't her birthday, but it was like the day of us. We're like, okay, you can go to Encino directly. Cause I mean, like George, she is, she's logged some serious hours because of the COVID situation. Yeah. Yeah. She's had her permit for much longer yeah, same. than she normally would have because same they here. quit testing. Yes. At DMV. But you're right. It's it like it's a slippery slope. If you tell them they can go to the stop sign, they want to go to the stop sign and to the next one. Yes, and it's very challenging. It is very challenging. I was talking to my dad about this this morning, about between this and the way their school is running school, there's a lot of self regulation involved in both issues at the moment. You Mm -hmm. know, for her school, for her and Isla's school. They are online with teachers only on Wednesday and Thursday. So Monday, Tuesday, Friday, they have assignments. You know, they watch this YouTube video, take notes. Here's a PowerPoint presentation. Take notes on this. Record yourself speaking French here and turn it in. It's not like they don't have work, but they don't have, they're not beholden to a human being in a time frame. So they have a suggested office hour time frame where the teachers are accessible during those office hours, mm-hmm. like immediately accessible, but they're not online with the teacher. So both girls are like, yeah, start school at one. You know, I'm like, no, we start school at nine. You're supposed to be in school. You're in school at nine on Wednesday, Thursday with your teachers. Just do it every day the same. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel I said to my dad today, I feel like a, a, like a parole officer or something where I'm constantly checking what they're doing and when they're doing it. And I said, you know what I think I'm going to start doing? It's just looking at their grades. If they have good grades, then why should I worry about it? Let them do it however they do it. And if they complain that they don't have enough free time, that's their problem. I've spent five weeks now trying to say, hey, How about you do it the way they're suggesting at school and they're not? So I was like, between policing that and now constantly saying no to all this boundary pushing with driving, I feel like the biggest Debbie Downer bummer in the Mm -hmm. world, right? Yeah. And you know, I I have a hard time saying no. I mean... For me to say no, it needs to be like a straight up no, because I kind of feel like I don't want to say no just to say no. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to be one of those parents to say no just to say no. It's like, I want to have a good reason to say no, and there's definitely times for no, but it's like, oh, well, can I do this? It's like, well, I don't know. Is all your stuff done? Is is it reasonable for you to do that? Then I want to be able to say yes. Mm-hmm. But you are right. It's like with all this driving thing, it's just like, 
feel like I'm constantly having to say no. Mm-hmm. And with the school, unlike you guys, we are there in class from 8.25 till 3 with their teachers, you know, depending on if it was a blue day or cold day, um, the whole time. Right. I love that. Yeah, but it is a lot. It's a lot to be staring at a screen for that long. That's true. That would be a lot. But at the end of the day, my kids are staring at a screen almost that same amount of time. And I think it is, is a lot to ask for them to be that much of a self-starter and not be in college. You know, that, that's what, that's how college works, right? You kind of, you have your times where you show up for class and then you get all this shit done that's on your own time and at your own pace. And for a 14 year old, that's really a tall order for her to go, okay, you have seven hours of work or eight hours of work that you can do in two days. You know, she's going to do all of it at the end of the second day. And then be miserable and be crying and stressed out about it and do subpar work and not learn. It's just, it's, it's, it's just not healthy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted with uh, – can you get up there, buddy? There you go. Back legs are not his strongest body part. <laughs> He's not super back leg strong. Um, not yet. Not yet anyways. Not yet. Um, so what do you think was the hardest – part of teaching her to drive what was the hardest was what was the hardest skill or what was the skill she had the hardest time learning uh slowing down yeah yeah she's she's very overconfident Mm. and like really likes that accelerator Mm -hmm. so slowing down and just being mindful to watch out around you Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily what you're doing, but what everybody else is doing. Right. Yeah, Georgia is slowing down also, but her her next one was parking, not parallel parking. Her parallel parking, she got it. She must have like a geometry brain or something, but she got it. But parking like where you swing in between two cars, has, she still hasn't gotten that. That one's been really hard for her. Um, yeah, that one. We had a couple of tricky times with that in the school parking lot of all places. You yeah. know, that's the last place you ever want to get into an accident. For sure. Yes. <laughs> but um, it is, it, it's hard for, especially if there's cars on either side of them, it's hard for them to figure out, you know, how fast you should go, how slow you should go. Yes. And her, her go-to, like if you're at a stop sign, and you can't see maybe her default is to go for it. So instead of just like inch out, inch out, and if you still can't see you wait, like most people, you should just wait to make sure that you have time. Her default was go for it. (laughs) It's like, okay, that can't be the default. (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. Can't be the default. It has Uh to be wait until you can see. Yeah. I think that's why Georgia failed her first test. Her first driving test, she failed because she pulled up to an intersection. She did not have a stop sign, but she pulled up to an intersection and he said she did not wait at the intersection to make sure no cars were coming. She just like flew through it and took, took her turn and just boom and barely slowed down. And that's why she failed her first driving test, yeah. um, which I was like, good. I mean, secretly, I don't want you past. 
right. not a safe I was fi- I was fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um even though it was devastating and she believed she was the only person that failed her driver's test. And then I was like, no, this friend at high school, this friend from Girl Scouts, this friend who is, you know, 57 years old when she moved here as an adult and had been driving her whole adult life failed her first driving test. It's, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. You know, I think that the way they have the test set up, especially with COVID, the way they have the test set up, it's so incredibly intimidating, number one, to even for, for the kids. First of all, it's their first like big bastion by themselves where they're going to go out to the big bad world and do this. But the COVID situation was so intimidating. You know, you finally get an appointment wherever they chose, not where you chose. Right. And then you get there and you have to wait in line and the whole situation. And then... The instructors, not all very friendly. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> very, I was like, that instructor scares me. Yeah, totally. So we, we, when we went the first time, we went to, um, I guess I shouldn't say where we went, but we went to one of the DMVs in the Valley and um, I had an appointment, went through all the steps, went out to pull the car around and, um, she was driving. The person inside said, have her in the, pull the car around. You be in the car. We got there and the instructor was like, why is she driving? Well, because the lady inside told us to drive. Fine. So she starts looking through her paperwork and she goes, I see that your registration is valid, but your sticker's missing from the car. Can't test you today. Have a nice day. And I oh went, oh my God. No, the sticker was stolen off my car. When COVID happened and the DMV was closed and I couldn't get a replacement sticker, your online, everything was closed. So I couldn't get a sticker, but I have paid my registration. I have a legally registered car. You can see it here. And she went, sorry. Literally. I was like, are you kidding? We've been here for two hours already. I was like, is there anything I can do to get the sticker? You can get in that long line over there. It's about two hours long. But by the time you're done with the line, we'll be closed. So no. Yeah. So I call, we luckily have a business manager. I call and I go, is there anything we can do? And they had my sticker. They had renewed it and just hadn't gotten it to me. So she drove the sticker out to me. So we pull back around. I asked her, I said, if I can get that sticker on that car today, can we test today? And she said, yeah, but good luck. Literally. And I was like, how about good luck this? You piece. Yeah, exactly. I have a 16 year old. Close your eyes, Georgia. Right? What an (laughs) asshole. So then I get the sticker, we pull back through, we have all our paperwork, and the guy looks at the paperwork and goes, you haven't been through the line inside? I said, yes, but the lady was helping me, and she kept my paperwork because I haven't done anything with my, I've been in this car, I haven't done anything with the paperwork, I have exactly what she gave me, and he goes, well, it's incomplete, I can't test you, and I go, okay, well, can we speak to the lady who went through my paperwork first? She comes back out and goes, what are you doing here still? I thought I told you we couldn't test you. I said, I have the sticker. I have the sticker on the tag. Now you can check it. It's on the tag. Oh my We're just gosh. trying to get a test. I should have known then to just leave. It was too difficult. So this other instructor comes out. He's a complete asshole, like un 
happy human being, just nasty. And he ends up being George's instructor. After she's seen me be almost combative with these people before, and now this guy, and I'm like, she's not going to pass. There's no way. She's going to be too shaken up. And she's mm -hmm. she passes, it will be a miracle. And she didn't. No. It's, it's in, you know, it, it's so funny after going through something like that, then you, you realize why people are so crazy about, you know, the employees of the DMV, they don't care and they are rude and obnoxious. Not all of them. No, of course. But well, the second DMV we went to every single person we were in contact with was lovely. They were happy. They were happy to help. They were patient. They were um, flexible. They were reasonable, and I thought, what a different culture. Who would want to work in that culture of the first one? No one. And by the way, while I was standing outside waiting on Georgia to test, a fist fight broke out literally inside the DMV. There was a fist fight, and I was at the window like this watching this fist fight because I was like, who gets in a fist fight at the DMV? What could possibly be so important that you're going to hit somebody at the DMV? Okay, whatever. This whole place is crazy. And then she came back and had failed. And the guy I was talking to the whole time when I was there, um, his person that he was there with also failed. So, mm -hmm. like, everybody was failing that day. But the second one, I'm telling you, we got in the wrong line. We stood in the wrong line for half an hour. So we missed our scheduled appointment by like 10 minutes. When I got to the front, she went, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I saw that you've been here for a while. When you get to the front of the line over here, just tell them you were here on time. And if they have a question, have them come see me. You were here on time. So don't, this is not your mistake. This is, everything's outside now, so they don't have any proper signs. Right. It's hard to figure out where to go. And I did, and he was like, no problem. No problem. That DMV is amazing. That's where I always go for everything. Yeah. It's just so much more laid back and relaxed. Yeah. We, um, we pretty much had the same first situation when she went to test. Um, it was at O'Dark hundred. It was like, I think it, it like eight o'clock in the morning, but you have to make sure that you're there early and the whole thing. And the guy walked up to get in the car and she was just like, Oh, he doesn't look very nice. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to be nice. To me, I had this little fan. I was like, oh, look at your fan. You know, he was having none of it. He was like, oh. you can get out of the car. Okay. Right? Yeah. And say, basically, same thing as George. It wasn't that she didn't stop, but um, the place where the CMV is located is extremely congested, and there's a ton of construction, and there's very small streets. And the DMV was not her choice. They, they rescheduled her there. She didn't have a choice. Oh. So, they had her turn right from um, this little itty bitty tiny street onto a four lane road that has fairly aggressive traffic on it. And when she, and there was somebody sitting next to her that was going to turn left. And so when she went to turn right, she didn't want to go in the other lane. So she just touched the curb and he was like, that's it. Drive back to the, drive back to the station. Your test is over. You know, you failed. Oh my God. Yeah, she said, <laughs> and then when they got back, I was waiting outside because you can't wait inside. You, I was oh, yeah. just sitting there. He jumps out of the car and slams the door and walks in. <gasps> what did he say? She said, nothing. He, he just, he just said nothing. He just got out of the car and left. What is the purpose of that? 
I don't know. She was so intimidated to begin with, but yeah. her guy, George's guy parked and they were in the car forever. And I thought she's failed because he's telling her all the things she did wrong. There must be a laundry list of things she did wrong. She must have 15 infractions or something. She got out, burst into tears, right? We get in the car. Mm -hmm. She's like, I only did one thing wrong. And he told me I only did one thing wrong. And then he spent all this time kind of just uh, hammering into me the one thing I did wrong. And I don't even, it wasn't even, I didn't even break the law. I just didn't stop as long as he wanted me to. And he just kept saying it over and over and over. And I kept, I wanted to say, I got it. I got it. And I was like, what is the point of that? Why would you do that? I don't know. They're just so intimidating or dismissive. Take your pick. Or they're just miserably unhappy people. I think those two, those two or the four instruct three or four instructors I was in contact with at that one DMV. I was like, wow. You guys are super unhappy in your job. And I understand that you have, you have to have a job. I mean, I don't disrespect the fact that this is an essential need for you, that you need a, a, a job. Mm -hmm. But can't you find some way of showing up and being happy at that job or at least somewhat happy? I mean, I worked a ton of jobs years ago that were shit jobs that sucked. But I was like, am I going to spend my day miserable or am I going to spend my day positive? That's, you know. Yeah, if you're going to be there, you might as well make the best of it. The exactly. second DMV that we went to was, um, I mean, it wasn't a cakewalk and getting in, but everybody there was so much nicer and um, the instructors were much nicer mm -hmm. and helpful. Yeah, I mean, she did pass, but we had practiced and practiced and practiced, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of it actually has to do with the location mm -hmm. and the street width and all of that. But they, they just seem, like you said, much happier. Yes. It's a much better environment. So I'm sure people in other cities don't have this issue at all. Um, right. But, um, but in LA, it is a big deal because the streets in Hollywood are this wide. Like one, two cars can't go this way. So it's super hard. Whereas where we went the streets were really wide. I mean, mm -hmm. cars could park on the side and still have lots of room. And for a new driver nervous taking a test, that would make a big difference. So maybe if you do live in a big city, you think about that. If you have a kid who's testing, what suburb could I go to to get their test done? Because it's, it's always easier to drive in a suburb than it is in the city. So congested. Yeah. And, and originally we had, we had made the appointment for somewhere else that had big streets, but when they rebooked it automatically, they put mm -hmm. us, I was like, Oh man, I don't even like driving there and I've driven forever. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, so, I hate driving where she took her test. That that's a nightmare. That's the worst case scenario. <laughs> it worst is case. a nightmare. So nightmare. does she have a car? Is she getting a car? Um, no, no. No, she doesn't have a car right now. I mean, we have two cars mm -hmm. and since nobody's going to school and really going to work, you know, we haven't, we, we will get a car, but yeah. we haven't yet. And she doesn't have her dedicated car. So right. we're what working through want? that. What does she oh, want? What does she want? <laughs> um, I think she wants, I think she wants a, if she could pick, I think she would get a Jeep Wrangler. Oh, they're so cool. I know they're super cool. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if they're so safe or not, but I mean, if she had her choice, I think that's what she would get. But I also said, you know, you have to look at like, what do you really need? You need to go from here to school and to your friend's house and maybe to the beach. And maybe we should look at something electric because you don't want to have to pay for all that gas. Yeah. You know, the exhaust, the whole thing. Yeah. So we're tossing around ideas and I think, I think maybe what will happen is we'll probably get a new car for one of us and mm-hmm. then she can drive one of the other cars that we have, which That's she would great. be very happy driving one, one of them. The other one she doesn't like very much. You have two great cars though. I know. We were going to get, you have a Cherokee, right? Yeah, we have Grand Cherokee. She loves that. Oh, it's a great car. That's what we were thinking about getting for Georgia was the Grand Cherokee because we were like, we would drive that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a great car, but we didn't end up doing that. Um, but I love that car. I think that's a great car. Yeah, it's a great car. She really likes that. And then we have a little BMW mm-hmm. and the BMW is really fun because it's a sport and it's really fast, mm-hmm. which is the reason I don't want her driving it. Hence the not afraid of the accelerator. Right, right. But she actually prefers to drive the Jeep. So that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. We'll, we'll see. How's George liking her car? She likes it. We got her a Ford Explorer. And we got her one with a smaller engine for the same reason. Cause they were mm-hmm. like, would you like a four cylinder or V six? And I was like, four cylinder. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just keep it simple. We don't need the lead foot doesn't need any more encouragement. Um, but we bought her a really nice car because we thought this is a gift. It's like a starter. It's like a starter home. Now, if you want to trade that car in, you have a nice car to trade in and it's safe. And really, to be honest with you, I, I was looking at cars that were in a, in a uh, price tier down from this one because I thought for someone's first car, I don't want them mm-hmm. to have a really expensive car. I think that's a bad message financially, although we can afford it. Thank God. Um, I was like, I just don't think that's a good message to start her off with such an expensive car. And Bert said, Here's the way my brain works. (laughs) If we buy her a cheap car and she gets in an accident and gets injured, I will never forgive you. I will blame you for being cheap and it will be your fault that she's injured. If we buy a a car I'm comfortable with that I think is safe and she gets in an accident, I will not blame anybody because I was allowed to get her the car that I believe to be the safest car. Uh And I went, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Seeing that you put it that way. (laughs) When you put it that way, I don't want to be blamed if my daughter is maimed in some car because you think it's the car's fault somehow for being faulty. I don't have that way of thinking. I don't think that way. I think cars that are in a tier less expensive than a Ford Explorer are just as safe as a Ford Explorer for the most part. So many safety regulations are in place and, um, $25,000, $30,000 car in in many, many ways is just as safe as a $50,000 car because the standards are in place for all cars. So, but that is not how he thinks. And I thought, you know, it's, it's, we can afford it. And I'm going to think of this as an investment. She can be in this car for 10 years and we, she won't have any problems. This car is a Ford. We've owned several Fords. It's reliable. 
and it's dependable and it's less expensive to fix than something fancier. And so go for it. So that's what we did. And that's why I don't like her driving the little car, truthfully. I just, I worry in that car. There's a a B6 in there. It's a little itty bitty tiny thing. And I just worry, like with, especially here in LA on the freeways, the freeways that they drive, there's a lot of trucks, a lot of SUVs. Yes. I don't know. I just feel, I just feel safer having her drive that other car. Bert's the same way. He wanted her in something uh, big enough that she was substantial, but not so big that, that she couldn't handle the car. So, mm-hmm. and she really likes that car. It's, um, she should, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing first car. She should really like it. I was going to buy her a used car also, but my husband was like, no, you don't know what that person has done in that car. <laughs> you don't know if they did this or hit that or hit a, hit a curb going fast. And now the axle's bent. Nobody told anybody. No. And I was like, oh my God. I grew up never having a new car until very recently. And now we're saying, here's your standard brand new car that's pretty expensive. How does she live up to that as her own independent person? That sets her up. That's my opinion is how are we setting her up, you know, for the future to have a harder time? I don't think you have to worry about her. She's pretty grounded. I don't think that this is going to change her investment strategies or ideas as she gets older. I don't think so either, but you know, I'm just uh, more cautious in, in those. I think about those things. Bert doesn't think about those things at all. Uh, that's just yeah, I don't, way. I've never had a new car. Like, no, no. Like I've never gone to the dealership and bought a new car. I just don't. I'm kind of like, I, I'm like, I don't know. Do I need to be the one that pays all that sales tax? No, I don't. But my husband does. He feels passionately about paying sales tax. (laughs) He feels like if you don't pay for it, it's not fancy. And I don't agree. I'm like, it's just as fancy as the car. We have a very different philosophy. But my dad's second wife, Jan, who I'm still very close to, um, she and her husband own a Cadillac dealership in Georgia, her current And um, early in our marriage, we could not afford the car Bert wanted. We, we literally, I was like, this is going to be such a financial strain. And he's not listening to me. What do I do? And Jan gave me some really good advice. She said, there's two things that you don't fight with a man about. Car and a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> she said, just let him get what he wants. Because if you don't, he will blame you every time he sits in that driver's seat. Do you want that? That's good advice, actually. That's really good advice, especially with the barbecue, too. I'm like, doesn't this one from Costco do the same thing? (laughs) Exactly. She was like, those are the two areas you just don't have. You can have an opinion, but you will not. Winning that battle, you will lose forever. Yeah, it's not worth it. Don't do it. And I was like, wow, that's really good advice. So I have done that with every single car since then. I've just been like, whatever you want. Now, I may say I don't like that interior. I like this Mm -hmm. interior better. But there's only one car that I really said I will not set foot in that car. So you get it, but I will not be in that car. He decided he wanted a Lincoln Continental. Oh, my God. So we went to the Lincoln dealership before we bought our Navigator. Those things are huge. They're huge. 
but he found a Lincoln Continental they called the Panda. The dealership called it the Panda because it was white, not <sighs> one piece of chrome. Everything that would be chrome was black. So it was all white and black. Yes, no chrome, no metal. Everything was black or white. The interior, white leather. With oh, my gosh. And I was like, unless I have a felt hat with a feather, I don't <laughs> belong in this car. And I will not be caught dead in this car. You can buy it, but I'm not riding in this car. He thought it was the most amazing car he had ever seen. He was so in love with it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you no. I'm just going to tell you I'm not riding in it. You can have it, but I'm not riding with you. I'm getting in it. So like, let's go to let's go to Tommy Burger and have a burger and just talk about it. I mean, it's easy to talk about it. And I was like, I'm just going to tell you now. This is one of those times I've given you ever. I've said yes to every car, every car. <laughs> I am telling you, you can have it. Absolutely, I am immovable. I will not be caught dead in that car. So that's hysterical, right? Did you see him rolling around town with that? Everybody would. Well, everybody would recognize him. That's for sure. He would love it. He would probably love it. But I was like, this car is just too much. And the Navigator he wanted was the same, similar, in that it was baby blue. And it had baby blue leather interior. God. And everywhere that was wood grain was white lacquer. Where are you even shopping for these cars? (laughs) (laughs) And I got in that car and I went, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, this looks like a pimp from 1970. Should ride the, drive this car. I know, isn't it so bad? It's so bad. I was like, yeah, bad. But I have a different meaning for the word bad. It's really Not bad. bad. But it's terrible. <laughs> so I, I was like, let's just, let's just look around the lot and see what else we can find that's not baby blue with baby blue interior. And white lacquer trim. White lacquer. I said to him, do you know how dirty the interior of this car would be in five seconds? The coffee you would spill all over this white lacquer? Oh, my gosh. There's no way. It was a joke. It was a joke. Um, So when you're driving with Tatum, back to teaching. Back to to teens and driving. Back to teens and driving. um, My reflex gets the best of me. Does that happen to you? Where all of a sudden I go. Oh, oh yeah. And oh, I yeah. try not to. Yeah. I know. And then she's like, what? What? I know. What? Nothing. Oh, oh, did you see that? <laughs> I was, I'm always trying to deflect. Like I wasn't really cringing that she was going to hit something. I do that too. I go, oh, and then itch. <laughs> oh, like, oh, I just, oh, just had a really urgent itch. But I can't help it. And it is. I know when people do that when I'm driving. It scares me, but right. I can't help it. I'm trying so hard, and there's so many. She also likes to ride the line over here. So that was like rearview mirror to rearview mirror, mm-hmm. close all the time, and I'm constantly like, ah, ah. Like you're moving your body, trying to get out of the way. Yes, I'm dodging it. I would like those ladies to know that it's completely unconscious, and we're trying not to do it. <laughs> I have told her that. And at one point she stopped and she goes, so based on your behavior, I'm a horrible driver. And I went, that's not true. That is not true. But some of my reaction is kind of out of my control. 
I, it's like, it's like survival instinct where you, you're, you know, you're avoiding an object coming at you at 45 miles an hour. It's your instinctive to go. So I, I apologize, but I don't really know what to do about that. Yeah, that's hard. Are you guys, um, did you set up any sort of rules? I mean, I know you wanted to do the smaller, bigger type thing, which basically we wanted to do that too, but we kind of blew that initially. And now we're trying to recoup, which is never easy. Right, right. Like we didn't lay out the rules first. We kind of said, okay, you can do this, but this is going to be an exception. Right. No. You know, once once that happens, yes. So when we, when I ran into you in the store, when I decided we needed to buy us about this, you had talked about a contract, right? Right. Which we, which we don't yet have, but we're working on. So, but tell me, explain that. So it's just like, um, it's just like a written contract that basically they're all over the internet. There's, there's, I'm AAA, you know, all, I'm sure all the blogs, but so just like a written contract because it seems like we say, okay, you can go to Encino. Let's just say you can go to Encino. And then come to find out she did go to Encino, but along the way she stopped at Starbucks and then right. went by the bloody blah and then yeah, went yeah. to Encino. And then on the way home, you know, so it basically just lays out all the things that we're going to run into mm. before we run into him. Hmm. I'm going to check that out on AAA. I'm a AAA member. Um, that's really smart. What we did say when she got her car, Bert was on FaceTime when she got her car, and he was like, he agreed with me with the starting small and then growing your perimeter a little bit. But he'd said, no drugs and alcohol in the car ever, under any circumstances ever. We realize you're a teenager. We realize these things happen from time to time. When you're a teenager, you're going to drink, and but never, ever. Leave the car on the side of the road, and we'll come pick you up. That is mm-hmm. never acceptable. I don't want it in the car under any circumstances. Bert did say that to her. Um, but that's kind of all we've really emphatically said. But I think some of it does need to be said because if it's not said, it's definitely not implied. Right. And there's, we must have had like four or five of them. And some of them were ridiculous. Some of them were like, you can't play the radio while you're driving. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Some are crazy. So we're taking like little bits and pieces from them right. and we're going to make our own kind of like what we did with our social media contract for the kids. Oh, you have a social media contract. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We have a social media contract with them. Can I see? Yeah. 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 Well, I'll send it to you. Oh, That'd be yes. awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah. That's a good point. Bert did has all always also said, the the phone goes on the charger and stays there when you're driving. There's mm-hmm. no picking up your phone. You use the navigation that comes with your car and you punch it in before you put the car in drive. That's he's he's been much better about that than I have. I mean, and the the phone goes in the charger and it doesn't move. That's where it stays cuz her her car has a like a place where you can lay the phone and right where you lay it. Yeah. And you can't see it when you're driving. Oh, that's nice. Not like, you know, how it's like here. It's actually under the console here. So to get it to charge, you can't see it. That's actually brilliant. Really brilliant. It takes it completely out of, I mean, you, you'd have to go like this 
to look at it while driving. There's just there's no way. Or pick it up, and now you're illegal, right? Mm-hmm. So he did say that too. So I have to look into those contracts. I think that's a really good idea, especially we both have 14 year olds. So yes. we're going to be doing this journey all over again. And, and I know your 14 year old, like my 14 year old, could not be more different than my 16 year old if they tried. Exactly. So this is awesome, awesome to learn and figure out in preparation for them because um, that day's coming too. <sighs> yeah, and, and probably pretty quickly. Yeah. It seems to be moving fast. It does. Um, in the contract, they have things like, and I think this is what, what will be beneficial to us, things that says, like, basically, if you go outside of the parameter of which we've agreed upon without letting us know, um, then you lose your driving privileges for blank days, for one day, for two days. So you can fill that in there. So when they've gone to six Starbucks in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to Starbucks. <laughs> and come home. Um, yeah. Uh, you you want to go to Chick-fil-A? That's fine. There's one right here. You don't need to go to Chick-fil-A in West Los Angeles. No, or the one right? up in Papanga. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, you don't need you don't need to go to those two. Oh, but yeah, that, yeah. That, they have drive-thrus, mom. Oh well. Yeah, this one you can punch in the order on your phone and they bring it out to you. Right. So I think, I think especially for us, it will help because it's definitive. It's like you broke this rule. This is the, the consequence. Right, right. I like that. Yeah, I think that'll help me too because I'm like, oh, well, you can't drive for a week. Oh, except for you have cheer practice two days a week and blah, 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 blah. So right, right, right. I think that'll be easier for me. Right. That's a really good plan. I'm going to adopt that plan too. I'm going to, I'm going to start digging around and finding a contract. And for people listening, when I finally get my contract done, I'll just put it on my website. Yeah. And then you can. Yeah, and we're, t- we're just taking pieces from each of them and we're going to meld them all together. That's really smart. Really to smart. To see what will work. Right. I'm How having- about tracking? Do you have any tracking going on? Yes. We have Life360 on her phone. And uh, we do check that when she's from time to time. You know, it's hard because you want her to be autonomous. Yeah. It's. We have Life 362. We've just added that. And um, it, it's, my husband's really having, he's like, this is, this is kind of creepy. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree. It is kind of creepy. And they, they need to have their independence. And I completely, they're surely not getting it now because they're sitting at home in their bedroom versus going to school, you know? So I, I understand they need to have their independence, but it's also for safety. Yeah. And like, like anything, it's all built on trust. If you do what you say you're going to do for these, you know, first few times, then I doubt very seriously. We'll look at it very often. I used it a great deal when she was taking the bus home from school because I could see where she was on the bus to know when to leave my house to go pick her up. So I wasn't spying on her initially. That was a tool just Mm -hmm. so I'm not texting or going, how much longer do you think you're at the bus stop? How much longer do you think you're at the bus stop? I could leave her alone and give her her independence and then watch her because it's in real time. And she, Oh, okay. She's about 10 minutes away. Now I'll go pick her up. So that was really why we got that app 
in the first place was for that reason. Um, and now that she's driving, we don't really look at it much, but I'd said to her, if you have a car accident and you're hysterical and you don't, you're calling me saying I have a car accident, I don't know where I am, I can find you on Life360. Right. So that's what my concern is. If you call me and say I'm drunk and I don't want to drive my car home, guess what? I can find you. But exactly. I'm not sitting there spying on her. I'm not watching where she is. It, I really don't use it much at all anymore. Like the other day, first day she got her license, uh, she had a ton of homework. So she came home and she was like, I was like, don't you want to go for a drive by yourself? And she's like, I have all this homework. I want to get it off my plate first. It took her till 10 o'clock to get all her homework done. Well, you know, they can't legally drive after 11 p.m. Right. And I said, kind of late. Which is a good rule. I love that rule too. That rule I really agree with. So I was like, okay, if you stay between the four major streets in our neighborhood, because it's your first time all by yourself and it's at night, just stay in this quadrant. I'm cool. 1055. <laughs> I'm like, where is she? I call her. She doesn't answer. And I went, that's good. She may not have her phone hooked up to her car. Let me just see where she is. She was right down the street. And I went, okay, perfect. That's good. Then I'm not going to bother her because then I know she's almost home. So right. that's kind of what I've used it for so far. I haven't really caught her. She's asked to do shady things, but I haven't caught her doing shady things in the car yet. So I'm, I'm, and I've let her know, as long as you do what you say, then I don't need to watch where you're driving. Um, but I think... I wish I wish they would just realize that if, if you just tell me where you're going, do you do it? We like her to text us when she's leaving, mm -hmm. text us when she gets somewhere and just let us know where she is. Yeah. That's fine. That's all I, you know, but like the first day she goes out and there's a, are you there yet? Right. Which it's like, don't, don't make me ask, are you there yet? Because that is, you're supposed to, this is supposed to be your independence. So now I feel like I'm checking up on you and I don't want to feel like I'm checking up on you. It kind of goes back to what Derek said. If anybody is feeling uncomfortable, then you need to adjust and make sure no one's uncomfortable. So yeah. if you go from A to B and you don't text and say, hey, I'm at B, well, then that's really her responsibility to make you feel comfortable if that's something you've already laid out. So, but it's hard to get them to see that. It's hard yeah. And I understand it's hard for them to remember, especially if they're meeting their, like it's COVID the poor things, they can't really do anything except for pick up Jamba juice and go to the park. Right. And be distanced. Do you know? Yes. So yeah. I can totally understand that when they get to the park, they jump out and then they're chatting with their friend who they haven't seen in forever. And then they're like, are you there? I can, I can totally see it. It's like, Oh, shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, oh Dang it. Dang it. Well, I know Life360, you can set up some points where it will send you a notification when they arrive. And I think that's really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, um, our friend Sandy's daughter put her house on our notification. So if any of our family members go to Sandy's house, I get a text. <laughs> so I'd imagine you could do that for almost anything. When they arrive at school, when they arrive at, at uh, you know, swim practice, when they arrive then you know, oh, so I got there. And then that's eliminated. It's just automatically, you automatically. Right. My friends have it. And when their daughter drives by, you, you know, their off-ramp for school, it dings. 
Like, <sighs> like, oh, she's just driving by, but yeah, yeah. But oh, how funny! Oh, but it drives by. Oh, I see. That's really funny. Yeah, I do like I do like that because that will be nice. I'll know when they're leaving swim practice or when they're yeah. coming home. Yeah, and but then they don't I, have to tell you. Yeah, and then but for now, for now, just send me a text when you're leaving and when you get there. I think that it's such a huge thing for them to be driving by themselves. It's a small concession for us to feel a little bit better. I agree. I agree with that. And you know, for people who don't live in a major city, it uh, it's stressful to drive in LA. It's Ugh. it's difficult. It's not. Um, and there are a lot of crazy people here. You know, Georgia was getting a little road ragey the other day. And I thought, hmm, let me give you a piece of advice. Yep. It's not worth the person that you've just flipped off getting out of their car and shooting you for you to feel validated in this person driving like an asshole. The person is legitimately driving like an asshole. But you just don't need to worry about that. You need to be safe. You need to get away from this person. If they, they seem unsafe in their driving, then distance yourself from the person. But you don't need to prove that they're doing something wrong. You don't need to teach them a lesson. You don't need to tell them how angry you are because there are those people who will just get out of their car and beat your car up with a crowbar. And you exactly. Know, you don't need to do that. Don't do that. It doesn't mean that you're not 100% right in how you feel. But you just don't know what you're going. You just don't know what's in that car. <laughs> no, especially here. And especially now, you have no idea what's going on. I mean, and, people seem to be way more on edge. Yes. Anyways. Yes. Bert has this theory, which I don't think he's completely wrong about. He believes that women feel more empowered in those situations to be vocal about something than men do because women won't get their ass kicked. Like if a man says that to a man, then there may be a physical fight. But most men would never get in a physical fight with women. So then women become more emboldened and then you'll get that one crazy person who doesn't care that you're a woman. And now you've gotten in this habit of, be, of, of being too, almost too, too aggressive and taking care of yourself in a public forum with strangers, whereas mm-hmm. men don't have that option because there is a real physical threat that women don't feel because we don't fist fight each other. And I was like, I'd never thought about it like that, but I have many times mouthed off to people. Oh, Yeah. Without thinking twice that this could cause a fist fight, you know, but he thinks if I mouth off, this guy could come punch me in the face. I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it. And I thought, what an interesting perspective. There is a difference in being a man and a woman, positive and negative, but I'm not a man. I don't walk around feeling that way. So that's interesting. I, every once in a while, you're going to have that crazy person that doesn't care who you are and will just... You know, that's very true. We, um, we went to dinner. Well, it wasn't dinner. It was like, we went and met, um, a couple of our friends in North Hollywood, um, the other night and parked in this very small parking lot. that's kind of on an alley as well. And when we went to leave, um, somebody had parked right in front of our car. We couldn't go backwards because it was two layers of parking, but somebody had parked right in front of our car illegally and in front of the guy next to us. And so what, what do we have to do? We had to sit there and wait for them to come. And Derek's like, let's call the tow truck. I was like, really? 
you know what somebody's somebody's picking it's in that area where there's a lot of places to pick up food it's like you know somebody's just picking up food you know yeah well after about a half hour I'm like I'm like okay what the hell yeah so this guy finally comes out he was probably in his 20s but this is the same thing I felt no problem being like dude what the hell we've been waiting here for a half hour you know yeah but then Derek went to say something and I was like don't say anything because the last thing you want to do is you know need a fight or anything about something so stupid as a parking spot and it's not like we had anything to do anyways because it's COVID we just sit in the car right yeah, but, but I felt fine saying, you know, calling him out on it. Totally. But then when Derek started to say something, I was like, just leave it alone. Maybe not a good idea. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, you could apply that to driving aggressively because there are men who have no problem punching women in the face. So yes. we, this is just not the culture we grew up in. But we don't know who's in that car. He could be a jalapeno. He could be a fried chicken. And he could be a crazy person. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm joking about the jalapeno and the fried chicken. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I, you just can't function that way. You don't know who's in that car. You have no idea what that person went through today. Maybe they lost their, their, their dog. Maybe they yeah. lost, their girlfriend left them. Maybe they, they, someone stole all their money out of their bank account. And maybe they're just an asshole. But yep. it doesn't really matter. Just, just let them fade off and you stay back here and don't get all, cause she was, George was starting getting, started to get really aggro with this person who was, uh, driving stupid. She was texting while driving and swerving texting. all that, over the place. It drives me crazy. I'm like, just stay away from them. Yeah. Stay, stay away from them. They're worse than drunk drivers. Oh, uh, completely. I know. I was like, just stay away. It's not worth it. Worse than a drunk driver. So just back off. And who cares if you're a couple minutes late to where you're going? Explain it. I was behind this person who's driving erratically and I didn't feel comfortable. I don't think mm-hmm. many people would go, well, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, people would say, got it. No problem. I don't blame you. I'm glad you're safe. You know? Right. Right. Anyway. Um, well, the contract thing is a great takeaway from this. That's a really good way. Of a, of yeah, well, we'll have to see how that goes into effect. And I'm sure she's like, oh, my God, for real, another thing, you know. But hopefully it'll be better on both sides. Like, you know what's going to happen if this happens, mm-hmm. if you do this, and we know what's going to happen. The expectations right. will be clear for everyone. That's right. And you know what I think that some people don't understand is that boundaries give you freedom. If you know where the boundaries are, you have so much freedom within those boundaries. If you don't know where the boundaries are, what seems like freedom isn't really freedom. It's the same with school. Okay, they're telling me to be in school from nine to one and to do period one, two, three, Mm -hmm. four, nine to one. That's a boundary, right? Right? Look how much freedom is built into that boundary. You're done with your day at one. Right. But then if you remove those boundaries and you have the whole day, my kids think that's a lot of freedom, but they're spending the whole damn day doing schoolwork. Yeah, and, he, and it's hanging over their head the whole time instead exactly. of just getting it done. Exactly, and I think a driving contract does the same thing. Any kind of boundary does the same thing, where you go, oh, okay, this is where it works, right here. 
And then I can do whatever I want outside of here, right? Or not outside of here. I can't do anything outside of here, but at least you know, like with school, if they do it in here, then outside of here, they can do whatever they want. So um, people, uh, teachers in particular, um, push against boundaries so much when I think that they're really, it's really foolish. Now, I'm not an oppressive parent. I don't think you are either. I'm not talking about oppressive boundaries where it doesn't allow you to think for yourself or make decisions for yourself. Nothing like that. And no boundary has to be, well, not no boundary. Some boundaries don't have to be ironclad. You know, if you have a four hour window of school and you go from 10 to two one day, it's the same thing, right? You've just compartmentalized it. But my husband bangs up against so many boundaries where I go, dude, if you just fucking do it, you'd be free. Right. And you're just get it done. Yes. Like throw it. He cannot put his car keys in the car key basket. And he spends so much time looking for car keys that I go, if you would just adhere to that one boundary, just put it, it, it like this, put it in the basket. And guess what? You're free the rest of the day. It took you one second to put that in the basket. And you feel like I'm confining you and asking you to change who you are <laughs> by saying, hey, this habit kind of saves you a lot of time and stress. But the stress of him having to comply with the habit is all he focuses on. And I go, that's so stupid. And it can be applied to so many different things. A contract for driving will relieve all the stress from both parties of having any kind of gray area as to what can and cannot be done. And I think that is so much better than it just being open for interpretation and there's too much responsibility for a 16 year old to try and figure out. Well, and we also told her, yeah, this is, this is your boundary right now. And if you want to go outside, she calls it the box. I was like, it's actually a rectangle, but, (laughs) 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 but, but she, I was like, if you want to go outside of that, just ask. Exactly. I'm like, just ask. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Chick-fil-A in West Los Angeles is much better than the Chick-fil-A in the Valley. Yeah, obviously, but I just ask and more than likely we're going to say yes, unless we have a reason not to, but more than likely we're going to say yes. But for now, this is the boundary. Right. And then we'll work on other things. They can be exceptions. Yes. That ask for, ask for forgiveness, not permission, which is a lot, a lot of people do. It's so much easier to just ask for permission. (laughs) Especially with something like this. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're operating a several thousand pound vehicle at a high rate of speed, you know, with all these other people you have no control over. It's a pretty risky activity for me at 50, you know, much less for someone who's brand new. So it's just super hard to get them to understand that. And I don't know that they should completely understand it, but yeah, I don't know. This hasn't been my favorite part of parenting. No, it's, this is really rough. Although I do, um, I do have to say that I really do love the independence that it gives her because mm-hmm. I think she, she really, oh, she loves to drive. All she wants to do is drive. She wants to get up on that top street and turn the radio up and open the windows and the sunroof and just drive. And she loves it. That's great. 
and, and that makes me happy for her. And I'm glad that she gets to do that mm-hmm. and that she gets the independence. I think she's been gone almost every single day, <laughs> which is fine. It's COVID. They're not doing anything else. And truthfully, she's gotten gas. She's gone to the grocery store for me. She's picked stuff up. That part of it's kind of nice. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I think it is really good for them. I agree with you. It is really good for them. The teaching them sucks. Sucks. Oh, it totally sucks. And it's ongoing though. I think um and the teaching now has also turned a corner because there's certain things that you wouldn't tell them previously to try and protect them. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's necessary that I tell her. When you go to the grocery store, you don't park underground where it's dark and there's no one down there. You need to park as close to the front as possible in the light. Make sure there's other people around when you get out of the car. Right. You know, they wanted to go to the park the other night. I was like, it's dark. It's at night. That's a remote park. That's no, that's not safe. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. They don't, they don't think they have no reason. Our kids have been in a bubble and they have no reason to be suspicious of people or to think ill of anybody or to even know about some of the terrible things that happen in life. Like we have a friend who's, who's, um, whose kid snuck out and took an Uber at night somewhere without their um, parents knowing. And the, the list of things that could have happened, you know, the, the, the Uber driver could have kidnapped them and they wouldn't even know you were gone. And the Uber driver could have been taking you to the wrong location. And you don't know enough about the city to know or where you are. Yeah. Yes. And if they took you to the wrong location, well, you have your phone, but how do you get back? And uh, there's just so many things that we don't want them to think about, but you're right. At a certain point, you have to start saying, Hey, here's the deal. I know I'd said to her, let's talk about what happens when you have an accident. Yes. Yes. What do you do? First thing you do always is put on your hazards. First thing you do before you get out of the car, before you do anything, you put on your hazards. If you are able to do anything, you do that because you need everyone around you to know that you need help, that you Mm -hmm. are in, that you are not a functioning vehicle, that you need help. And when I see hazards, I slow down and move around. And that's what you do. You know, you have a flat tire, hazard. You pull over to get something out of your trunk that's urgent, hazards. You you have to put your hazards on all the time. Because guess what? If a car comes flying by and takes your door off and you don't have your hazards on, that's your fault. If a car comes by and takes your door off and your hazards on, that's their fault. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. If you don't have your hazards on and you're pulled over, then you are liable for whatever happens to your car. But if your hazards are on, you're basically saying, hey, I'm having a problem. I mean, obviously, if you don't pull completely off the road, you're halfway on the road, I think it may be different. But but yeah, your hazards are, are really important. To, and your blinkers are, I'm like, your blinkers is not there for fun. It's to let people know what you're doing. So if you're sitting in an intersection and someone else is sitting in an intersection and you both want to turn left and neither of you have your blinker on, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. So this is all about communicating. And they've come up with these great systems of communicating, like your hazards, 
for all these purposes. So first thing you do for any reason is put your dang hazards on and then everybody knows something's going on here. This is not normal. So what else did you tell her about if you're in an accident? Um, to If the car is operational, to get it in a safe place off the road. So if you can drive your car, you should pull it over into the side, mm-hmm. like the emergency lane or into a gas station or a parking lot or somewhere that's close by and turn your car off and put your hazards on. Put your hazards on before you move. Um, and then I said you should um, take a quick assessment of yourself make sure you're okay, make sure you're not injured in some way. Um, and then you should talk to the driver or the other people involved. If there's someone else that's involved, you need to exchange your driver's license and your insurance information with that person. Some people may not want to do that. And if they don't, you take a picture of their license plate. Mm-hmm. So that you of have them and their license plate. That's right. And uh, you always be kind. It doesn't matter whose fault it is, if it's your fault or their fault. Nobody wants a car accident. So you treat it with respect and dignity and kindness and compassion. And um, you can always give them my phone number right away if you want you to call my mom. But you give them your phone number also and your name, first name and last name, driver's license, and your um, insurance card. Um, yeah. I, said, I told her, I told her um, don't leave. That's right. Like, whatever you do, don't, don't leave. You need to take care of... It doesn't matter if it was you solo or someone else, but you don't leave. You need to make sure the situation's taken care of. I didn't say that. That's a good one. I did tell her to take pictures of everything. Take pictures of your car, their car, any damage, where it happened. If it happened mm -hmm. in the headlight, take a picture of the intersection, take a picture of everything. Yeah. That's so important. Can I tell you, I was driving the kids to school when they went to school up in the canyon, and there's this really tricky turn there, which is on an incredibly high um, hill, like an incline, and I there is this little car that was in front of me, a little tiny sports car that was driving up the hill in front of me, and you kind of make a hairpin turn to go back the other way. So, And it's kind of a blind corner. There's four streets that converge. So I stopped at the stop sign because the sports car had already pulled out. Well, he just kind of rolled through the, through the stop sign and pulled into the um, center of the intersection. And there was another car coming, which he didn't see. So he threw it into reverse (sighs) and backed into me. Oh, and we were just sitting still and he, he just didn't look, but then he went around and um, tried to claim that I ran into him on my insurance. Oh no. Like, yeah. I was like, it's physically, it was physically impossible. I was literally sitting still when you backed into me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. So thankfully I had pictures and everything and my insurance company told him he was crazy. Yeah. 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 Pictures are, I mean, but that's important to take pictures. Yes. It's really important to take pictures and exchange information. And if he won't exchange, that person won't exchange to take pictures of the license plate of anything you can of their car to identify who this person was and, and the person. Um, and the same if they have trouble, if she has car trouble, she has, uh, we have a warranty and we have a, you know, a AAA type service through Ford that she can just push a button in her car um, and they'll, 
they'll talk to her about mm-hmm. what services she needs. But, you know, my dad came out and taught them a lot of stuff about the car for Girl Scouts, Tatum and Georgia and the rest of her Girl Scout group. You're frozen, Kathy. Are you back? There Am you are. Yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back. Maybe so, still. Maybe. Maybe you're very still like this. <laughs> you fell asleep. Um, but yeah, I think that little Girl Scout lesson my dad did was, uh, Georgia said it was really helpful for her to just kind of get a tour of the car. And that's something I would recommend parents doing with their kids too, is to give them a tour of the car. Here's where you check the oil. Here's where you check this. Here's how you pop the hood. I mean, Georgia had no idea how to pop the hood until my dad showed her. And, you know, I don't think any kids do unless someone says, hey, you know, people don't work in their cars like they used to, you know? Right. No, Tatum, Tatum knew how to, I was like, the car needs oil. You need to put oil in the car. And she was like, oh, Papa Jay showed us how to do that. Yes, he did. Okay, perfect. (sighs) He made a nice list of what he thought they needed to know how to do. Uh, or or what they could do by themselves and and most people don't like change your windshield wiper blades he was like that's the easiest thing on the planet but people get intimidated and you just, you you go to the store and you go i have a 2019 jeep cherokee i need windshield wiper blades they'll give you the ones you need you slide them on you slide them off you're done it's not hard and now you're not paying a hundred bucks to have somebody do that I right think he really blew their mind with a lot of that's what i can do that myself Yes. I think he may have even taught him how to jump the car off. Oh, did he? I don't know. That'd be great. It, it, that's important for them to know. I think it is. We have this one thing we gave Georgia when she got her license that I thought was really awesome. It's made by Mophie, M-O-P-H-I-E, Mophie. Mm-hmm. And it's a little um, power pack about this large. About oh, I've seen those. Size. And it can jump a car off. It also has like a, an outlet plug and a car, uh, um, like phone chargers and a flashlight and it has a flashing light. So it's really made to be in your car. So if you had some kind of an emergency, you have a flashlight and I've jumped two cars off of this thing and it's flipping awesome. And it's just it down. Like a regular. I bought it at um, QVC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the QVC person, but I bought my dad one, I bought uh, Georgia one, and I bought myself one. And it comes in a little case, it's all in its self contained. And um, I've literally jumped two cars off of that thing. And all you do is hook the red to the positive, the black to the negative, and push a button, and it jumps that car off. It's amazing. So, highly recommend everyone throwing one of those. Georgia also has an emergency bag like a kit that a friend of hers gave her for her 16th birthday, which I thought was a really great. Perfect. Yeah. It's got like an emergency blanket and flares and, um, I don't remember what all's in there, but a lot of little emergency stuff for the car. I thought that was really smart. Great. Sweet 16. We have one of those and it actually came in handy. Um, we were driving home from Arizona and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, I keep hearing something. Come to find out there was a piece of like weather stripping that had come loose. And when you drive, it would bang. And then when you'd stop it, it, it would lay down. So you couldn't figure out what it was. How fun. Finally figured it out. But there was, there happened to be duct tape in that emergency kit. Oh, that's great. We just duct taped it down and on we went. Maybe for Girl Scouts, we'll build a car emergency kit. That's a, cause they're almost 
all driving is e-driving? I don't think so, but I think she's working on it. So they're almost all driving. That would be great. Yeah, maybe we'll do that because we made a first aid kit, you know, that fit in like a medicine bottle like this. Mm -hmm. They they used that thing over and over again. We were camping Uh, over and over. They pulled that thing out and took stuff out of it. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe I'll do that for Girl Scouts. I'll figure out a way to build our own emergency kit, keep in the back of the car. So, you know, my dad gave them a speech about uh, leaving a flashlight in their car. Oh, really? Yes, that a flashlight should live. He is huge because he's a mechanic. He's an auto mechanic. He's like the one thing nobody has in their car is a flashlight. And if you have trouble at night, and I know we all have it on our phone now, but he's like, you need to have a legit flashlight. Because what if you're on the phone with AAA? Now you don't have a flashlight. So even if you're a speakerphone, what if you can't hear? What if you're in a high traffic place and you can't hear and you have to use the phone? Now you have no flashlight. So every person should have a flashlight, even if it's a small one in your, like in your glove compartment. Just so mine is in my Mophie rechargeable thing. My jumper thing has a flashlight. So well, that's great. I'm going to get one of those. That, that seems like a, something everybody should have. It wasn't super cheap. I think it was like 140 bucks. It was not cheap, but use it once and it's paid I, for itself. Exactly. Well, I think I learned a lot. This chat, Kathy. This chat. This was a good chat. So we have a contract. Yes. Hopefully by the end of this. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to make an emergency kit, give our kids a tour of the, of the car. Um, maybe the oh, speak- scissors. You should have scissors in your car. Yes. In the kit. That's right. You should put them in the kit. That's a good idea. Scissors. I don't have scissors in my car. That's real. I, I have zip ties in my car. Um, and I have- what, are you, what are you doing in your car, Leah? <laughs> you never know. Zip ties are like <laughs> duct tape of, of like Gen X. In my opinion, zip ties are the duct tape of Gen Xers. But um, I have duct tape and I have doggy poop bags. I have I those too. Cannot <laughs> tell you how much I use doggy poop bags for. So you know, I got a bunch of garbage in my car because we had a road trip. Doggy poop bag, and they're nice and a nice little roll. So you can pull one out and use them if you if you uh, spill something. Have a bunch of wet napkins. Doggy poop bag. It's the best thing ever. Um, the doggy poop bag. That's another thing. Maybe just, I just keep that in my console. But, but I think the talk that I had with Georgia when she got her learner's permit was really helpful in my experience with Georgia to say, you don't know what you're doing. You're not supposed to know what you're doing. This is called a learner's permit for a reason. Shut your mouth and just do everything I say. I didn't say that. I said, I don't want to hear. I don't know. I don't want to hear. I got it. I don't want to hear. You've already told me that. I just want you to do it. You're not. Yeah, I think if, if I had to redo it again, I would definitely do that up front. I think that's a good way to start. And I think the contract is a good way to end, not end. Yes. Yes. To start. The learner's with. permit to the driver's license. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for talking to me about all this. Well, thank you for having me. I miss seeing your face. I was so excited to run into you. I know. Same here. I miss you a lot. So nope. um, we have good chats always. We do. We'll have to catch up more often. I agree. And we have good kids, which is nice. Yes. Good kids and good drivers. Yes, and good drivers. Yes. <laughs> well, any social media contract with me, would you? I you? will. I'll email it over to you, much to your children's chagrin. All <laughs> right. <laughs> well, have a good day. All right. Love you, too. We'll talk to you later. Love you, too. Bye. I think that we should get together.